You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online and in iTunes because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So again, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Even though my voice is a little raspy because I'm just getting over a cold, uh, I wanted to talk about in today's show, number 108, the difference between rolling up your strike prices versus just closing out of your trade. And I think we should have a nice discussion about this because we get this question a lot. Um, I think especially newbie traders, actually people who have been trading for a while, they don't understand why we roll up trades, why we roll strikes and adjust positions and and what the process is behind that and, and how it ultimately might help you generate more money because it might adjust your position from a loser to a winner, right? Which is always good stuff. So we always want to See if we can take something that could have been loser to begin with and adjust it into a winner or at least cut the loss down, which is what we're trying to do. So today's podcast, we're going to answer that question as well as go over um, a really good example. And then before we do that though, and start talking through this, because we can only do so much audio wise. So like listening, you can only hear so much. And I'll try to do as best I can today as, as uh, representing a good visualization of how this works with just very simple numbers. I'm actually just going to be writing it down on my notepad right in front of me as we go through this to make sure I keep everything straight. But if you want to do that as well, that's probably a good idea. If you want to see it in action, one of the videos that we suggest you watch is on our YouTube channel. It's one of our past video updates. Actually, it's just from one month ago where we adjusted our FXI position that we had and made two adjustments to it and turned it from a loser into an $88 winner. Now, $88 isn't something to write home about. You're not going to quit your job on $88. But the position originally, if we would have kept the position from the initial entry and never made an adjustment, would have been a couple hundred dollar loser. So to turn that around and turn it into a winner is was really cool. And so we did a video on that. You can search on our YouTube channel. It's called Why Adjusting Option Trades Work. And so it goes through the case study of why that worked. Um, in FXI and same thing with TLT. So we ended up making an adjustment to TLT, which worked out really well. So you see all of our account statements, all of the trades, we kind of go through it step-by-step on that video tutorial. It's now public for everyone to see. So we just unlocked it because it was for members since it's only been about, about a month ago. But you have the ability to see that if you want more of a visual representation. So, so again, in today's show though, let's start the discussion by just talking about like why we would roll up strikes versus just closing out the trades. And then we'll go through an example here. So the simple answer to this is that when you roll up your strike prices, you're collecting more credits. And I say roll up strikes, uh, you can roll down strikes as well. But we're talking about the concept of moving the untested or unchallenged side of the trade closer to where the market is. So to give you an example, if the market, if the stock is trading for $100, and starts to run up to $105, we would roll up our puts, which are below the market. If the stock's trading $100 and starts falling to $95, we would roll down our calls closer to where the stock is trading. Basically, you're taking what the market gives you, you're adjusting along with the market as the market's moving, right? So why would we do this versus closing out the trade? And again, the simple answer here is that when you make an adjustment to a position without adding any additional risk, right? We're not adding contracts per se to the trade itself. 
when you do this, you take in more credit and that credit widens your break-even points on your challenged side. And that's really what we're after. We're after wider break-even points. And if those break-even points are ever breached, right, because the stock can still continue to run higher, higher than our break-even points, then at least we've effectively reduced risk, right? Like we've reduced the amount of loss that we have on that one particular side of the trade, right? And that's what we're after. We're after cutting a particular trade's loss profile. So if we could have lost $200, but we lost 50, that's a good trade. That's a good win. And the reason that we do this is because if you think about this concept of a zero sum game, which everyone refers back to all the time, and we've, I think, kind of debunked a bunch of times, but podcast number seven, we talked about it. I think podcast like 90 something, we talked about it as well. But this myth that's out there is that whatever trade you start with is also the exact trade that you end with. And that's only if you never make an adjustment. So if we start with a strangle, that doesn't mean we end with a strangle. We could adjust ourselves into a straddle, right? And so if we've got a trade that's a, say, 70% chance of success to start with and maybe has you know the potential to lose $500, well, the goal is always never to lose the maximum amount. It's always to adjust into a position that we could lose less money than, say, $500 on that trade to adjust and cut the loss from $500 to $300, right? And if we can do that consistently along with just having our regular winning trades, then that's again another way that we can break this zero sum cycle of, you know, potentially a couple big trades knocking you out or setting you back substantially, right? Not to say that you're never going to have, right, the further end of the spectrum because you're going to have stocks that run. You're going to have ETFs that fall really hard. But you want to be able to cut those losses substantially. So that's why we talk about rolling our strikes and adjusting trades versus just taking the loss and and closing out the position. We've talked about before in other podcasts as well, this concept of not using stop losses. And we've done lots of backtesting research on that that shows that they actually create more losing trades. So again, that's another reason why we would never want to first default to just closing out the trade. There's always an avenue that we can take to make an adjustment to the position so that it eventually turns into something at least better than doing nothing at all, right? Doing something is better than doing nothing. So today, let's go through an example here together. Again, what I'm going to be doing is just kind of like talking through it as much as possible because I think it's just a good way to visually think about this. If you can you know, visually think about this in your mind as you're listening to this podcast, I think it'll help out. I think it ultimately will prove the point of what we're talking about here because this is how I think about it and we'll use some very basic numbers. So let's say that stock is trading right now at $100, right? So again, very basic math. So it's very easy for you guys. And, and again, visually easy for you guys to envision in your mind, right? So stock is trading $100. Let's say that we sell the 95 puts and the 105 calls, right? So pretty simple strangle position. Now, it doesn't matter at this point if you do the iron condor or the strangle. The key here is the short strikes are at 95 on the put side and 105 on the call side. So now let's say you sell this strangle for a $2 credit. So you collect $200 of premium. Now, as you know, that's going to move your break-even points on either end to 93 on the put side and 107 on the call side. So even though you sold the 105 call and you sold the 95 put, because you collected that $2 premium, Now, your actual break-even points are 93 and 97. So that's really your lines in the sand. That's where you don't want the stock to go by the time of expiration, right? It doesn't matter if it's, in this case, 30 days out or 60 days out. We're just using, you know, round numbers here. 
Now at this point, let's say that the stock starts to rally higher and starts to rally all the way up to 104. So now it's rallying higher. It hasn't quite breached your 105 strike price, your short strike price on the call side. So it's rallied up $4 and is now up to 104. And now at this time, let's say we're closer to expiration. Now maybe we're three weeks out from expiration or two weeks out from expiration. So what do you do? Well, in this case, you would roll up your short 95 put options, right? So you'd roll up your short 95 put options to say $100, okay? So you roll them up to the 100 strike strike price, which is where the stock was originally trading. Now, again, the idea behind doing this is this. At the point at which the stock is now rallying higher from 100 to 104, the only side of the trade that's really generating money is the put side. The put side, which you sold the 95 puts, right? And if we sold everything for $2, let's assume that side you sold for the 95 puts, you sold for a dollar, the 105 calls you sold for a dollar. So the 95 puts now, you want the stock to run higher. So maybe those puts now have decayed in value to say $20, just 20 cents of option premium. So they've gone down in value because the stock has run up. And that's ideally what you want when you're selling naked puts, right? And so it's starting to challenge our call side. So our puts are actually making money. So what we want to do is we want to close out of those put options, roll them higher to the 100 strike because the 100 strike is going to carry more premium than the 95 puts. It's much closer to the stock, right? That's why. That's generally why it's closer to the stock, has a higher chance of going in the money. Therefore, it's got more premium, right? Effectively, higher chance of going in the money, right? And so by rolling up, what you're doing is you're closing out the 95 puts. So you buy those back for 20 cents, right? And then you resell another put option at the 100 strike. So you're basically just transferring the position. You're not adding to it. You're transferring the position from one strike to another. Now, let's say that the 100 strike put options you can sell right now for 80 cents. Okay, so you can't sell them for the original dollar. We're closer to expiration right? Now you can sell them for 80 cents. And so the net credit that you still collect in this case is 60 cents between the buy and the sell, okay? Now we consider this to be an additional credit to our original position. If you wanted to include it as a individual trade, by all means, all the numbers and math still works out the same. We just include it as an additional net credit on top of our original premium, okay? So again, the stock rallied from 100 to 104. We rolled our short puts from 95 up to the 100 strike. We're trying to try to make an adjustment to take in credit, recenter the position, right? And basically just take what the market's giving us. If the market's going to go higher, great. We're not going to touch our short calls, right? We're not going to roll them to a higher strike because we'd effectively be closing the position and rolling it to a higher strike for a net debit, right? That's why we don't touch that call set. Look, if you get challenged on one side of your trade, leave it alone. Don't let the market give you an opportunity to dig yourself into a deeper hole. What I see people doing a lot is they get challenged on the call side, in this case, where the stock has run up from 100 to 104 and they've got the 105 strikes. And what they do is they roll those strikes to 107. Well, now the stock continues to move higher and they roll those strikes to 110 for a debit. And now the stock continues to move higher and higher and higher and higher. And all you do is you dig yourself into a, for sure, deeper, deeper, deeper hole as you continue to move your call side or your challenge side higher. So we never suggest doing this. We always suggest rolling 
the other side, the corresponding uh, put side on the other side, closer to where the stock is trading. All right, so I know we're still going through a lot of numbers here, so hopefully this is making sense. Go ahead and hit that rewind button if you need to hear it again. So at this point now, we've rolled up our 95 puts to 100. We now have the 100 strike puts, and we have the still the 105 strike calls. The stock is trading at $104. But now this time, our credit that we've taken in is a total of $260. Remember, our original credit was 200 We bought back our 95 puts for $0.20. Cents. We sold the 100 puts, the new 100 puts for $0.80. Cents. So took in a net credit between those two of $0.60. Cents. And so our total credit now is $260. Now, again, this now moves our break-even point on our call side, right, from the 105 that we had originally. It moves it from 105, and or I'm sorry, 107 that we had originally up to 107.60, okay? So now do you see that by rolling up the put side and adding that additional credit, we're now moving our range on our call side break-even up by the amount of the credit that we took in. So if we take in 60 cents of credit, that gives us 60 cents of more movement in the stock before it hits our new break-even point. So this is why we lo love to roll and make adjustments for credits because it helps widen the position even though the stock might be challenging you a little bit. Now again, it's not widening it by you know $5, right? We have to be realistic and logical here. It's not widening it, widening it by $5, but 60 cents could be the difference between profitable and not. In the case of the FXI position that I mentioned earlier in the podcast where we go through that video, the amount of credits that we collected was exactly the difference between being profitable or not on that position. Had we done no credits at all, it wouldn't have worked out. Had we now done those credits, those credits allowed us the just enough wiggle room that we needed to be profitable on the position. And that's really what it's all about. So now at this point, again, the stock's trading at 104. We're still leaving room for the stock to come back down. Now, this is, I think, important. You start adjusting and you start getting more and more aggressive as you get closer to expiration. So if you're, let's say, three weeks out from expiration, you want to make an adjustment but still leave room for the stock to come back down. We didn't want to make an adjustment and roll all the way up to the 104 strike or the 103 strike. We rolled up to 100. So we still want to leave room for some cyclicality. Remember, the markets don't go straight up and straight down. So if the market does challenge you a little bit, make an adjustment, that's okay, but leave room for the market to kind of retrace that move, right? That's only natural, it's just you know what typically happens in ebbs and flows. But at this point, let's say that the market continues, continues to move aggressively against your position. So now moving from the 104 strike, it moves up to the 107 strike. Okay, so now it's right on the doorstep of your break-even point, okay? And let's say now we're closer to expiration. Let's say now we're a week out from expiration, right? We're, you know, been challenged all month. It really hasn't gone our way. We're now a week out from expiration and the stock's gone up, you know, originally a $4 move. Now it's gone up another $3 and now it's moved up to 107. Our original break-even point was 107. So at this point, we'd be at a break-even point where we're not making or losing money. But because we rolled up our original puts from 95 to 100, we still have about 60 cents of room for this stock to move and still make money on this position. We're not going to make a lot, but we still have room for our uh, position to still generate some income. Now, at this point, you can start to be a little bit more aggressive and again, roll up your put options even further. Now, your options on the call side are in the money. And this is where some people, I think, freak out and start worrying about assignment risk and all that stuff. And most of that happens the last week of expiration, specifically the last couple of days. But if you have a position like this that's a couple dollars in the money, 
it's very unlikely that you're going to get assigned or exercised in the, the week of expiration until those last few days. So if you're still a week out, you probably definitely have some time. You're not at risk of or not at huge risk of assignment on those contracts. So again, we're going to roll up our short puts again. These are the 100 strikes. Remember, we sold these for 80 cents, right? And now that the stock has rallied another couple dollars, these have probably gone down in value or closer to expiration. So again, just to use some simple math, and this is not out of the ordinary for this to happen over and over again, but we sold these for 80. Let's say that we can buy them back now for 20 cents. So just like before with the short 95 puts, those went down to value of 20 cents. Now these go down to a value of 20 cents as well. And we can sell, let's say the 105 calls, we can sell those for say 60 cents. Okay. So now we're starting to be able to sell for less and less credit as we get closer to expiration. And this generally happens most of the time. As you get closer to expiration, the credits go down a little bit. You don't have this like huge drop off in credits until really the last week of expiration. But as you get closer to expiration, you do see a drop off in net credit by rolling up your strikes. But in this case, if we rolled up from the 100s to the 105 puts, that would give us a net credit of 40 cents. Okay. So at this point now, we've sold the 105 puts for 60 cents. We have bought back our 100 puts for 20 cents. So we collected an additional net credit of 40 cents. Now, again, this net credit gets added to our overall premium and credits that we've collected. And we've now collected a total of $3 in overall credit, right? That 40 cents gets added to the 260 that we had before. Now, this now moves our break-even point $3 from our call strike price. So $3 out from our short call strike of, of 105 is now 108. So our top side break-even point has now been adjusted out to 108. Even though the stock's trading at 107, our break-even on this thing is trading at 108, okay? And that's really the key here. So at this rate, at this position, or at this juncture now, we now have the straddle at 105 for the month of expiration, right? We rolled all the way up our puts from 95 to 100 to now 105, and all along the way we've collected premium. And so this is probably about the resulting position that I would typically end up with after adjusting. I would adjust for credits like this. But I would still adjust into like a straddle like this where we typically don't go inverted on the position. Sometimes we do, not saying we don't all the time, but we typically don't. And we would end up with the 105 straddle, hoping that between now and expiration, we get any sort of pullback in the stock. If it's had a significant run the entire month, it's probably due for some sort of pullback or some of the technicals might be suggesting a little bit of a pullback. Again, we're not looking for a $7 reversal here. That'd be unrealistic. But a $2 move, a dollar move lower, any type of move lower here would be really good for the position. But if it doesn't move lower, we still have another dollar that the stock can move before we actually truly start losing money after all the credits that we receive. Okay. So hopefully this kind of visual walkthrough here really, really helped out today and just kind of understanding this. I know there was a lot of numbers. I know it's kind of back and forth, but we try to keep it as simple as possible here so you understand conceptually what we're trying to do. And I think that's just a good representation. And again, if you want to see an example, you just search our YouTube channel for why adjusting option trades work. You can see our FXI and TLT examples. In fact, we've got hundreds of videos, I think at this point, showing live case studies and examples of, of how we've rolled to make adjustments. But conceptually, this is what we're trying to do. And I think that this podcast hopefully got you over the hump of understanding 
why we do it, how we do it, how it affects the pricing, the break-even points, and how ultimately it creates a trading scenario where you either A, take a trade that's going to be a loser and turn into a profitable trade, or B, take something that was going to be a big loser and turn into a small loser. In this case, with our position in the scenario that we ran, if the stock closed at, say, $7.50, that could have been a loss on the original position. But because we were able to adjust the position and we now have a $3 credit, we ended up generating, say, $50 on that trade, right? So that's a great example of something that could have been a loser and we've adjusted it into a profitable position. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question. Hi, Kirk. This is Daniel. I have a question regarding VXX. I've heard you mention in the past that if uh, VXX were to spike or volatility were to spike, you would sell calls at the money several months out and kind of let that uh, apply volatility just drift lower and uh, that time decay work in your favor. Would you ever do the opposite? Would you, if you thought um, the market was in for a correction or your indicators indicated that, would you ever sell puts on VXX? I make a put spread or something like that and do the same thing. Thanks a lot. Hey, Daniel, man. Thanks so much for submitting the question on the show. And yes, so first of all, yes, if the VIX spikes or VXX spikes, what we've done often is either sell naked calls or we sold call spreads. In fact, we do this often. It's one of our better trades that we actually do. It's more consistent, um, which of course, you know, you have to take with a grain of salt because one day the VIX is going to spike and continue to spike. But it is a good trade for us and we consistently do it, although we obviously keep our position size small. So again, your question here is, would you ever sell puts on VXX? And the short answer to that is I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell puts on VXX because frankly, the premium that you can collect by selling puts on VXX is really not that much. I mean, we know and everyone knows that since it's a short-term ETN, that it basically has this downward drag or this downward momentum on it. And so although you can sell, let's say right now I'm looking at VXX, which is trading practically at 34, it's like 34.09, you can sell naked puts at the money for $1.53, but it's probably very likely that we actually see VXX make a dollar move lower or plus, right? Just based on like natural pricing and the progression of how these, uh, these ETNs evolve as far as their downward drag. And so for that reason, I probably wouldn't sell just naked puts on VXX. If you want to play volatility and you want to play a down move in the market, you think that there's going to be a correction or something like that, I think you would do something more on SPY, SPX, DIA, etc. Wait for volatility spike. Volatility spiking and then playing the retracement of that spike is, a, I think, a much better trade, in my opinion, than waiting for volatility to expand and contract. If you just look at a chart here of, the, of VXX and anybody who's listening, you can obviously just take a look and pull up a VXX chart on your own, but you'll see that it basically has almost nonstop relentless downward movement. So even if we were really, really good at potentially picking the range at which volatility would spike and we get any sort of pullback or correction, even right now on the chart, there's probably five or six of those individual days. And after that, it totally evaporates. So do I think that I could probably pick those five or six individual days in a given year? Probably not. And would I pay dearly if I was wrong in picking those days 
even if I was off by a couple days, I might still pay uh, very dearly by the ETN VXX continuing its downward movement. So I think there's probably better ways to play volatility, but it's definitely an interesting discussion. I know a lot of people make money just trading VXX lower. Obviously, one day it's all going to come and backfire and and the markets are going to recorrect and a black swan event is going to happen. And that's going to make that trade not so easy, not such a shoe in, right? Which I think is really the risk at this point. So, but again, thanks so much for submitting the question. Again, remember, if you want to get your question answered here on the podcast or live on Facebook and Periscope, please head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask, click the big red button in the middle of the screen and leave me a private voicemail. There's no software to download or install. And obviously it's incredible easy. Now, before we get into the closing bell segment, again, I wanted to let you guys know about our new podcast, our daily call, which is our new daily podcast, much shorter episodes that we're doing, but you can search it in iTunes or Google play. It's out now. We've got a lot of good reviews on it and it's been very fun. We've been doing it now for a couple months um, and it's really enjoyable for me because we hit a lot of these topics, which in this case don't require a lot of time to explain. And it's something that you can take with you every single day. So again, you can check out our new daily call podcast at optionalpha.com slash daily call. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. So in today's closing bell segment, I want to go through a new trade that we got into in EWY. So EWY is a newer ETF that we've traded the last two months. It's not typically on our watch list, but it's had some really high implied volatility and the liquidity is okay. It's not as liquid as obviously SPY or the Qs or the Dow, but it's got enough liquidity that we can start to make some small positions there. And it's a South Korea ETF. It basically tracks the South Korean uh, market. And so it's I had a recent run up from about 73-ish to about 76 in just the last two days, which is a pretty significant move. It's about a you know, two, two and a half percent move over the course of that that time period. And so as a result, implied volatility is also kind of inched up now and is starting to uh, be some of the highest stuff that we've seen on our watch list. So again, not to say that we want to plow into this, but we want to build a position here in EWI. And so what we're doing is we're getting into our first iron butterfly for the month of December expiration. We're selling the 76 call and put in EWI, which is basically at the money, the stock right now is trading at 76 or the ETF right now is trading at 76.10. So just a little bit bearish until by like 10 cents, but we're selling the 76 call input. That's our at the money strikes, basically the straddle at 76. And then we're going out on either end and buying options far out for as cheap as possible at the 83 strike on the call side and the 69 strike on the put side. So again, you can see that we're trying to buy these wings far out for cheap. We're trying to replicate or do as as best we can a synthetic straddle in this position. Now, overall, we're collecting about a $314 premium. That again, from the discussion today, moves our break-even points $3.14 out from our short strikes. So even though we're selling the at-the-money strikes at 76, we've got this $3.14 credit where we're collecting a big credit up front versus doing a strangle initially and then maybe adjusting into a bigger credit. So it's a little bit different methodology that we're doing. But again, the reason we're doing this and the, w- the way it works out is all comes from our back tester and our trade optimizer. We just ran this scenario through there. We realized we need to do an iron butterfly, far out wings, and try to collect as much premium as we possibly can. That generally ends up being the best scenario and, and back tested trade for us. 
So from here, we'll look to kind of, again, monitor the position and manage profits based on what the trade optimizer said, but also get into maybe another laddered position or two if EWY continues to move higher or lower from here. So if we get a move higher, maybe we add another position centered at 77. If it moves lower, we add another position centered at 75. In either case, I think it's worth making a small trade here and trying to play a different market with maybe some better profile for implied volatility. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you guys enjoyed today's show. As always, and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources, links mentioned in the show, and some related video training from today's show by going to optionalpha.com slash show 108. Again, it's just the number 108, optionalpha.com slash show 108. Until next time, happy trading.